everyone. Welcome to Living the Liminal podcast. I am Christy Peck, spiritual teacher, intuitive, and author of Coming Home, A Love Story. Wouldn't it be something if you could have it all? An uncensored peace, a true joy, and an all-knowing that there is so much more to life than what our human body can see and do and experience. I invite you to join me here every week as my guests and myself have conversations around living consciously with courage, connection, and choosing to feel good even in the uncharted and unknown moments. I am so thrilled you are here and look forward to sharing this sacred space with you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Living the Liminal Show. This is Christy, and I'm so happy once again to be back with you um, this week. There is just so much that I have on my mind and I have in my heart. And I got to say the last few weeks, it's been a little bit of a, a challenge and a struggle, like in a good way, not a bad way, of what I would bring to this space. Um, I really believe that this space is is a sacred place because it just allows for whatever needs to be said to be said. And I, I take that not lightly, let me tell you. Um, and, and like all of the work that I've ever done, whenever I have gotten a moment to stand up in front of a group of people, and while this is not physically in the same group of people, meaning in the same space, it, it's the same concept. But whenever I have gotten into that space, I have always come to it with this, that I am not in a space or a position or playing a part or a role where I am to know everything. That is not what I'm here to do. What I'm here to do is to help inspire you to raise your own questions, to be curious. Curiosity is this most amazing framework that we can bring to our life. So, you know, we spend a lot of our time in I like, I don't like, um, yes to this, no to this, and these, these sort of duality, these occurrences. And, and really, where I think the magic is and where I think we have the most fundamental chance of, of changing this physical reality we are currently living in is if we got into a space of curiosity and raised our awareness by asking questions. And the more questions, the more guidance we get because the universe is so willing and ready to offer that guidance if you ask some well-meaning questions. So I have always felt that my role in bringing um, teachings to anybody, to bring content to anybody, to bring um, workshops to anybody, was to literally be in a space of inspiration for you to raise your own questions and be curious. So by the end of each of these episodes, if I have done that for you, I, I am so excited. And I kind of believe that I do because I'm not here to say the nice stuff or the good stuff or the easy stuff. I'm here to say some really hard stuff. And I, and I know that because I keep getting my own guidance to say some really hard stuff. And at first I'm a little like, I don't know if I wanna say that. Um, which is exactly the experience I went through when I wrote my first book. 
but I believe that I am here to do this work in this way. So I, I really hope you enjoy um, the conversation that we're going to have today. And in the midst of me confessing a lot of stuff, I have another confession. So I did this a few weeks ago, this really huge thing that was so not cool. Um, I'm a little bit embarrassed and I'm a little bit in awe of really how it turned out. We had just returned from vacation and I was exhausted. Um, we had about a 16, 17 hour drive. We needed to be home by a certain time on a Saturday. So we ended up leaving our destination at 1 a.m. And what that meant was I had about an hour's sleep. Um, I was exhausted when I woke up. Like the best of us, I started fueling myself with the caffeine, which doesn't really help me because I don't do well on caffeine. Um, and my husband was driving and we had some kids in the car with us and we had this long drive and no one else could drive but he and I. It was pitch dark. So it was not our normal routine for getting someplace or getting home from a vacation. Um, so I was exhausted. We came straight in the door to a group of the family going one way, a group going another way, and and me kind of juggling between getting everyone where they needed to be and getting people fed and, and so on and so on. You know that whole mom thing we do. Um, so anyway, I was taking one of my children dropping him off somewhere and I was going to get food for my daughter and I. And we were trying to decide what we wanted to eat. Really, we were more tired than hungry, but we needed to eat something at this point. And so I pulled into this uh, space of some restaurants and some stores and a parking lot that if in my town is kind of governed by on one side of it all, the road goes one way. And on the other side, the road goes the other way. So you, you don't just pull out from, from this parking lot and you have a choice which way you want to go. You literally don't. You go one way to go one way and you go the other way to go the other way. So I, in my, in my conditioning in my mind, because see, we all have these conditioned patterns in our life. I pull out of the parking lot and I go up this ramp and really the only way to go okay so the right way to go would be left well i don't know i was tired i wasn't thinking i wasn't even in my own in my own space i have too much going on i made a right and it took me a while i was driving and it took me a while to think why are these cars coming like at me and and people were raising their hands and I couldn't make sense of it. And finally it hit me. Oh my gosh, I'm going the wrong way on the road. I have never, ever, ever in my life done anything like this. So I finally realized what I've done. Well, as luck would have it, okay, or as coincidence would have it, or as I call synchronicity would have it, there is a ramp, an on-ramp. So I begin to kind of pull over onto the on-ramp but off to the side so that I'm almost even on the side of the road. And people are still passing me, waving their hands, shouting at me, and I'm waving my hands back and shouting back at them. I know, I know, I'm going down the wrong way. I get it, I get it. Well, all of a sudden, a police officer car with his lights on flashing comes zooming up the ramp and recognizes that it's me who probably people have called in to 911 because I drove this way for quite some time. 
And he, I roll my window down and he says to me, you're going the wrong way. And I say, I know, I know. I, I don't know what I was thinking. And I think he could tell I was flustered, but I also think that this moment happened for a reason to, to literally teach me what I, something that I needed to be more aware of in, in my, in my personal world. And so I said, I, I'm, I'm going that way. And I pointed that I was going to try to ease my way down this on-ramp and then zoom into the other lane, which is literally on the other side of this parking lot. And he said, okay, just quickly do that. And I said, okay, I did. My point here is that when we are tired, when we are exhausted, when we're out of our normal routine, we can go down the wrong way. We can take the wrong job. We can say yes when we don't really want to. We can get sick and we can end up driving down the wrong side of the road. My point is not that you or I really were doing anything wrong. My point is that many of us are sleepwalking in our own life. We don't want to feel the heartbreak or the sadness. We distract in order to escape. We fill our existence with all kinds of yeses that really don't excite us. Our energy is just yucky as it's filled with anger and anxiety and control and doubt. We worry we don't really know who we are or we, for we spent too much time fixing up our outer world so that we look good, so that everything looks good in our life. We've created such an image and our bodies and our inner truth has been compromised. These quote masks we are wearing are just a simple manifestation of the masks we have covering our truth, who we really are. And we are scared rightfully so, because you are being asked to step out of this deafening routine you have created and breathe in a much different way. Solomon Burke was an American preacher and singer of R&B and soul music. I came across his lyrics many years ago, and this one in particular has stuck with me. I read it often as I'm just kind of sitting and going through different moments in my life. And it goes like this. There are people still in darkness and they just can't see the light. If you don't say it's wrong, then they will say it's right. None of us are free. One of us are chained. None of us are free. This concept, none of us are free, if one of us are chained, is what has led me often in my life. If one of us is hurting, if one of us is grieving, if one of us is, well, you know, it really doesn't matter what it is. What matters is that as Solomon Burke sang to us in these lyrics, if one of us is chained, none of us are free. See, we are all interconnected through our souls. Our souls have an infinite and never-ending connection to each other. The only separation is our physical bodies and our physical experiences. We are living in this present moment in a space where we, all of us, are being asked to take back our power and speak truth to it. I believe we have been unconsciously giving our power away for a long, long time. We've been going along with the crowd, shrinking to fit in, not standing up for what is right, letting a few dominate the rest. We've been walking around anxious and uptight and pissed off and angry and fearful at shit that doesn't matter. 
We've carried our past into our present, and that is literally screwing up our futures. Taking back our power and speaking truth to it. Louise Hay, founder of Hay House and was a motivational um, author of many, many self-help books said, we think so often that we are helpless, but we are not. We always have the power of our minds. Claim and consciously use your power. What does that mean, claiming your power? What does it look like? I believe it looks like this. Know your worth and see that exact worth in others. See, too often, I think I'm good, right? I think I'm worthy. I think I'm lovable. But then I look at someone else and in an instant, I can turn that person into nasty, ugly, ferocious, mean-spirited, not thinking the best in others. I've done this. You've done this. We have all done this. Claiming our power is knowing our worth and seeing that exact worth in all others. I'm not saying condoning behavior. I'm saying there's a different energy about seeing someone as worthy and that they are choosing behaviors that are not in alignment with where you, you want to be or you are. Stay with me here because I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. Claiming our power looks like staying awake, feeling, sensing, and living all of our experiences, not numbing, not putting aside, not distracting the ones that we don't want to get involved with because it's too painful or too sad or too hurtful or we have to grieve something or because we're just not willing to, to let our bodies feel that for a moment. No, stay awake, stay alert, pay attention. I believe claiming our power is being aware, opening to up to like the truth that's really around, really seeing what's in front of us, not just what we want to see, not faking it till we make it, but really seeing the truth of what's in front of us. I believe claiming our power is taking responsibility for every one of our choices and how our choices affect all others. Back when I used to teach many, many years ago, I had this rule one year. I decided to do something different. And I had this rule that my students could do anything they wanted in that classroom during that year. And I remember telling my students that rule. And I mean, they got their eyes so big. They got grins on their faces. Their energy popped up. They were so excited. And then I said, well, here's the caveat. It cannot cause a problem for anybody else. So like, what if we really lived by that rule of, of literally, you can do anything you want as long as it doesn't cause a problem for anybody else. I wonder what our world would really look like then. I believe claiming our power looks like living aligned to what's true for you, knowing what you want and what's right for you, doing what is right for you, being what is right for you, not influenced by anyone or anything else. Henry Knowing was a Dutch priest, a professor, a writer, a theologian. He claimed we are constantly faced with three big, fat, ugly lies. Lie number one, I am what I have. Lie number two, I am what I do. Lie number three, I am what other people say about me. Hmm. Now these kind of got me. 
These lies have been the armor we've been drowning in for quite some time. We've built up a bunch of stuff as if what I have makes us good and all. We've fast-tracked ourselves into those prestigious positions as if what I do makes me important and significant. We've depleted our hearts searching and coercing what others say as if it really matters. Here's the universal truth for all of us. You could have nothing and you're still everything. You could be nothing and you're still everything. You are everything. Nothing of your doing, your having, or what others say matters. What does matter? You, just as you are your beautiful soul, your total embodiment of who you are. Many, many years ago, I had to learn this lesson the hard way. I had believed, I know this will shock many of you, but I believed that if I was skinny and I wore cute outfits, that others would like me, accept me, and want me around more. I was desperately working to control this narrative. While this narrative about being loved and accepted was in my mind, it was also regulated as work my body had to do for a result outside of me. We all do this. We work outside of who we are to control the narrative outside of us. So I went on a binge, an exercise binge, an eating healthy binge. I was obsessed with the I have to's and the I can'ts. And I did achieve my goal. I lost a ton of weight. And I looked good, really good in all those new clothes I bought. While the narrative in my mind seemed to be doing well, something was still off. I kept thinking, what could be off? I mean, I, I had everything I wanted. I had this healthy, great body. It was fitting into the most adorable, cute clothes. I was getting compliments. I felt so like cool. Well, here I am years later and I understand it. My power doesn't lie in my outer narrative about what I have, what I do, or what others think of me or say about me. Our power is our inner narrative, how we see ourself, what we say about ourself, what we do for ourself, and who that self is. Early on, like when we were young kids, we were taught conditioning to our outer realities. These conditioned responses were heavily weighted with have-tos, can'ts, need-to, must-do, you know, all the what to do and not to do, how to and how not to do something. Our conditioning wasn't really focused on a strong foundation of this is who you are, love it, embrace it, embody it, live it, follow your heart, listen to your soul, do right for yourself and others. Many of us were not conditioned as young ones to be who we are in our personal power. Our power is this, power, the presence of observing and a willingness to energetically respond. Power, the presence of observing. Now, this is getting still and quiet, and this means your outer life has to be quiet first. So you might have to get rid of stuff in that outer life, not take on those little positions within the community, not be the leader of some organization, Get rid of friends. Get rid of relationships that don't work anymore and suck the life out of you. Get rid of things, the big houses that are fancily, I don't even know if fancily is a word, fancily decorated, but I like that because I add Y to everything. If you're like me, you add Y to everything, it becomes an adjective. Okay, so back to my story. 
getting rid of all that outer have tos and should ofs and anything that monopolizes your time and your energy so that your your life is so busy and distracted you can't get quiet and think because only when you become still slow down and quiet can you really observe the reality outside of you and the reality within you getting present allows you to hear, and I mean really hear, your inner narrative. Sometimes the presence of observing occurs as you get quiet and still so you can reflect on the path that has led you to this now moment. Back when I was a third grade teacher, I would have my students talk me through their work and a math problem, their thinking and their knowing on the process of how they solved that math problem so that they could find the exact moment the error occurred. Error here meaning when they became distracted or when they added the wrong way or subtracted the wrong way. Not that, again, they did anything wrong, okay? It was just an error as wrong path, wrong decision, wrong choice right there. So wrong in a little bit of a, a softer sense. I only held the space. That, that was my only job. I only held the space. They figured it out for themselves. That's what it means to kind of go backtrack and take a look in your past. Take a look at these past patterns and experiences so that you can, you can understand where did, I, where did I have that moment of error? Remember a couple of weeks ago, I talked about moments of errors are really moments of everything. So those, those little disturbances and distractions, when you forgot who you really were or you weren't aligning to who you really were, you weren't acting from that, that point of truth and being, that's the part you got you to gotta change up and switch up and adjust so that you can move forward. When we begin to own our power, this presence of observing lifts us up and energizes us in new ways. If you are curious what the process of presence of observing looks like, my book, Coming Home, A Love Story, details how I woke up into that presence of observing, meaning paying attention to everything that's going on in my life. Who I am, who I'm not, what I'm doing, what I'm not doing, why am I doing it, why am I not doing it? How did I feel? How did I not feel? Did I like that? Did I not like that? That's what I mean by the presence of observing and, 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 the, and being aware of what's going on in our life. The other aspect of power, the willingness to energetically respond, is like the well-known Maya Angelou, words of wisdom said, when you know better, you do better, or actually, you be better. Everything is energy. Our feelings and emotions, our actions and behaviors, our thoughts, our memories, all of us hold a frequency in who we are and what we do. The key to your power is matching your energetic response how you live your life with the same frequency. Think of this like a magnet. You are the magnet itself. The field around you might be invisible, meaning you can't see it, although it is there. Simply being who you are and doing what you do will either attract more or repel it. When you have a willingness to energetically respond in the way that serves you, meaning it feels good. It doesn't require you to compromise or give up who you are and truly lights you up and excites you. Your life attracts more of the very same or similar frequency. Albert Einstein said, everything is energy and that's all there is to it. 
match the frequency of the reality you want, and you cannot help but get that reality. It can be no other way. I believe we are all wanting a much different reality. This will only happen when we, each one of us, take back our power, getting presence, observing, and having a willingness to energetically respond and speak truth to it. When one of us is chained, none of us are free. Shame, blame, hatred, unkindness, rude acts, mean-spirited and disgusting behaviors that belittle another have no place in a world where we are given choice and freedom to be who we are. Own your power and speak truth to it. I'm not talking about getting rid of fear. I'm speaking truth to each of us, unmasking those thoughts, behaviors, beliefs, actions, and inner narratives that keep us chained to unhealthy lives. Speak truth when truth will set us free. See the worth in another because you've worked to see your own worth. Instead of shaming and blaming, why not accept and understand and hold others accountable? Engage in the frequency of who you are and lessen the yuck of others. Become more and more awake, alive in your energy and what feels good, lifts you up, excites you, and promotes goodness for all. Stay aware. Watch what happens and speak for what is harmful, hateful, unkind, and unnecessary. If we don't say it's wrong, the other will say it's right. Own the power within every choice you have. Be honest and ask this question. If I make this choice, will this bring peace, joy, freedom, and fun for me and everyone else? If it is not an and good for everyone else, it sure as heck should be a, a hell to the no. Live aligned in this flow of power every moment of every day. I leave you here, a quote by Hildegard of Bingham. Let it simmer in your heart, mind, body, and soul. Let it bring you more curiosity. May it bring you eternal hope that we have the power within to create a much different reality. We cannot live in a world that is not our own, in a world that is interpreted for us by others. An interpreted world is not a home. Part of the terror is to take back our own listening, to use our own voice, to see our own light. Take back your power and speak truth to it. When one of us is chained, none of us are free. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm so glad you're here with me. If you have any questions, please check out the show notes. You can email me at christy at christypeck.com or there's this really cool feature if you're on the Anchor app where you can actually leave a voice comment or question and I'll be looking at those and listening to those. May you have a joyful week. Remember who you are and live the liminal. I love you. Peace out, my friends.